If you're looking for ways to prioritize your health and fitness, run more efficiently, understand food, and somehow fit it all into a fun and family-centered life, you're in the right place. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. everybody. Thanks again for joining us today on another episode of the Real Life Runners podcast. We are your hosts, Angie and Kevin Brown. And today we're going to do something a little bit different. We're just going to do a little bit of a, a season wrap up. Um, our cross country season just ended. We actually just got back two days ago from the state championship meet um, all the way up in Tallahassee, which was a, a wonderful seven hour bus ride that we had up and back, right? Yeah, I'm not sure that everybody knows, but the two of us actually coach a, a high school cross country team together. And so, yeah, a long bus ride filled with uh, lots of high school uh, enthusiasm, I think, is the best best way to describe <laughs> yes, that. Definitely high school enthusiasm, for sure. Um, I, I swear, sometimes being around those kids makes me feel way older than I actually am, I think. Yeah, well, there's that. But there's also, I mean, there's just so much life with them. So it, it sometimes you feel older and sometimes you're just surrounded by so much energy that you can't you can't not feel excited. That's true, too. Yeah, that that's a good point. Wait a way to swing it to the positive. Yeah, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. So um, anyway, so we were just kind of uh, reflecting on this season and we thought we would do just kind of like a little wrap up episode of some of the things we learned over the course of the season because we think that it's definitely applicable to all of us as runners, not just, you know, high school runners, but there's a lot of lessons I think that we can gain from, um, you know, being a part of this team and coaching these runners and um, kind of also analyzing how we can improve next year. Right. I mean, the runners on the team span from freshmen that have been running for a couple of months to seniors that we've been coaching for four years. So there's a lot of different uh, talent levels. There's a lot of different motivation levels. And there's just a lot of different experience with running on the team. So you can really get a whole lot of different lessons coming off of this. Absolutely. So um, some of the lessons that we learned, I mean, number one, I would say one of the things that we obviously knew before this season, but um, also just kind of really came out a lot this season is just how different each kid is. Um, Each runner is so different with ability level and motivation and, um, you know, their strengths and their weaknesses. And it's really important for us as coaches to not only coach the team, but also coach each runner individually to help them achieve their best. Which is a little tricky, you know, when you're trying to organize practice for you know over 30 kids and everybody's got their own different, uh, what they're bringing to practice that day and this kid's missing for a club meeting and this kid's missing for that and you're trying to get it as, as customized as you can for each kid. But the talent levels are are so varied and the motivation is so varied. But it, to bring the most success to each kid, you really have to come to each kid individually so that they know that, that they matter, that they know that the program is made for them to be successful. Absolutely. Because, you know, some of our seniors and juniors, you know, they train over the summer like they're supposed to. And they come, you know, they show up at day one of practice in August and they've got a, a whole endurance base built 
results. So it's easier to start throwing some more mileage and some workouts at them. But then you have these, you know, 14 year old freshmen that have never run a step in their life that, you know, their parents told them they needed to be a part of a high school sport and they decided to sign up for cross country because it seemed the easiest thing to do. Um, or their friends, you know, dragged them out with them. <laughs> we had a couple we've, of those. We've this got season. a few of those. Yeah. Who actually turned out to be amazing assets to our team. Um, but you know, you can't treat the freshman runner and the senior runner the same because then you're just going to, the freshman just going to get injured or they're not going to have fun or it's going to hurt too much and they're not going to want to continue. Right. And if you pull back too much and say, okay, everybody runs at the level of that kid, then the, the guy who's been running for four years and trained all summer long isn't being pushed enough. Everybody needs to know what level they're operating at and be, be able to push to one level farther from that. Yeah, definitely. So along those lines, not only just ability levels and, you know, starting points and that kind of thing, um, each athlete is motivated by different things. You know, some of them um, want to just go out there and do their best every day, which, I mean, those kids are great to coach. Um, And others are a little bit more challenging because they don't seem like they have the motivation to be on the team. Maybe someone forced them on the team or they don't really want to be there or they don't really like running, but they're just doing it you know, for other reasons. And we've got plenty of kids that they're doing it to get in shape for the next season or, or a spring season, or, you know, my, my parents can't pick me up from school until five. So I might as well do this sport. That's a tough thing to motivate to say, okay, great. Now it's South Florida in August. So it's 105 degrees, go run four miles when they barely wanted to be on the team in the first place. So trying to do that and then still keep the whole team cohesive and happy and enjoying the season. It's a lot of challenge going on. Absolutely. Yeah, the most frustrating ones are the ones that we can see natural talent and ability in, and they just don't have the desire or the motivation to run. Like that is to me is like the hardest thing. That's why you hope for giant changes between freshman and sophomore year. And sometimes they do. You know, sometimes something clicks in the middle of the season and they, they start realizing how much natural talent they've got. And by the end of it, they really start thinking, man, I wish I had tried harder at the beginning of the season. How fast could I have been? Yeah. And the answer is, oh, you could be so good. Just do this before your sophomore year and watch what can happen. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty cool to see every once in a while. You know, when, when the light bulb finally clicks and they realize that that they are a, a runner and not just not just any runner, but they could be a very, very good runner. Yeah, it's nice. Definitely. And that's a nice segue into kind of the next section we want to talk about, which were which is goal setting for both the team and for individuals. You know, I think that that's definitely one thing to help the kids to start to take ownership of themselves as a runner and um, have them kind of take more responsibility for the outcome of the season and for their own personal um success throughout the season is helping them, teaching them how to set goals for themselves and for the team. Which is, it's so tough when these runners are, are brand new, you know, on day one when they're, they're struggling to make it the half mile, like it's a quarter mile from the back of the parking lot to the front of the school. And you can see them, like they take off running with everybody else and they're walking before they make the first turn. Mm-hmm. When you're trying to tell them how fast do you think you can run the 5k race in two weeks? 
I'm not sure. It's going to be really tricky to pick that goal. And then as the the talent starts building, as they start getting some endurance and they're not walking as much, the time drops just start going so fast. So how do you tell a kid that did 34 minutes one week for a 5K, uh, I think you can do 27 next week? Like that goal just seems so big that they're going to look at you like you're crazy. Right. But yeah. it, and yet it still happens. Right. It definitely does. And it's, it's, it's great to see when it does happen. Happen because the, the smiles that these kids get and the amount of pride that they they show and feel is just fantastic. But but yeah, you know we know or we kind of have an idea of what they you know are capable of or could be capable of. But we have to also tread lightly on what exactly we say because we don't want to make the goal seem like it's too unachievable. Like you know a seven minute drop in one week seems insane. Yet we had athletes do that this season. Right. And, but it's, it's one of those tricks with setting a proper goal. If it's too far away, there's no motivation to do it. Like if it seems unreachable and just ludicrous, you're just not even going to try because how would I ever possibly get to that goal? Right. So you set the goal a little bit closer and then you watch them just break through that goal by leaps and bounds and, and get excited over that. Right. Which is super fun. So a little bit about our coaching philosophy, Um, you know, episode number one was quality versus quantity. And we talked about this a little bit in further detail, but we absolutely subscribe to this philosophy, especially with these high school kids, because, you know, they're had, they have changing hormones, their bodies are growing, you know, they're getting taller, their bones are outgrowing their muscles, you know, so there's a lot of of tendency for injury, um, repetitive use injury in these kids because they're just not strong enough to sustain some of the training loads that, um, you know, some coaches might put on them. So we definitely are low mileage coaches, especially with the newbies. Um, I think that's really important for us to kind of emphasize that we definitely keep that training level low, especially for you know, the new, the kids coming in. Right. Which sometimes I think caps how much they could advance in their first year. You know, yeah. But at least they're going to have a healthy season. Right. I would much rather have a healthy season. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been doing this for over a decade and the biggest jump from the motivated kids is always between their first season and their second season. Yeah. Whether they come out as a freshman, it's the jump to sophomore. If they come out as a sophomore, it's the jump to the next year. But always between season one and season two, they make this huge leap because they've got the the year of training, the year of endurance underneath them. And I'm not going to just start making them leap extra mileage so fast. It's such a slow build. Mm -hmm. But by the time they get to that second year, they've built up to something where now you can throw a little bit of a longer run at them. You can throw longer intervals at them and their body won't just you know, rebel and break down. Right. I mean, I think that that's definitely true. They definitely make um, gains in just overall strength and physical ability, but it's also the mental aspect of it too. You know, now they know what to expect. You know, when they first walk out in season one, they have no clue what the heck is going on. In season two, they're, you know, more of a veteran. So they kind of get the flow of like, you know, how practice is going to go and how the week is going to go and how we tend to periodize the training and that kind of thing. Right. They've also, they've experienced how to race before, so they don't get into a race and just completely freak out because somebody elbowed them at like the quarter mile mark. Or they don't just start sprinting, you know, as fast as they can, like our one freshman boy this year. Well, and you know, when they shoot a gun, if if the only time he had ever raced was the hundred meters, when they fire a gun, you go as fast as possible. Right, right. Like, no, 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 slow down. It's three miles. Yeah, but he got so (laughs) much better at pacing himself over the course of the season. It was unbelievable. 
people. That first race, he was doing like sprint walk, sprint walk. And then by the end, he was able to just, you know, go out and run the whole race. And the the time difference between race one oh, yeah. and, and the last one was phenomenal. Great. So um, another thing that we did a little bit differently this year is we definitely integrated more strength training with our runners um, in order to help make them stronger and faster, but also just to help prevent that injury that we're talking about, you know, because these kids are still growing, um, you know, there's so much more, um, of a risk for them to have these injuries, you know, the, the shin splints and the stress fractures and the tendonitis and, you know, all these, and and the shin splints and the shin splints and the shin splints. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, so you know, it was definitely important for us um, to to try to minimize that as much as possible and get as many athletes through the season healthy and uninjured. And I think we, we were pretty successful at that. We only really had two um, injuries throughout the course of the season at a team out of a team of almost 40. That's pretty darn good. Yeah. Especially given the, the chance for injury uh, among a team of high school athletes, especially, I mean, we had so many new kids this year uh, every year. The challenge is these kids come out, they're still wearing like basketball shoes or some random cross trainer. That's not even right. Suddenly we throw out and we're trying to get some mileage into them, even at low mileage, just suddenly the repetitive use of it shin splints show up all over the place. And so, I mean, before the season, the two of us really talked about how to structure it to try and reduce injury as much as possible. And between days where the kids would run for maybe a mile and then just spend the whole practice really focusing on strength, we focused a lot on drills, making sure that that everything was, was taken care of and stretched and strong enough. It made a huge difference over the course of the season. Absolutely. And I think the other thing, you know, we did recognize that there were, you know, there are different body types on the team. Um, you know, you, there are the, the taller, lankier, you know, more slender runners, and then there are the shorter, more muscular um, runners that we have on our team. And I think that training those different, um, but also integrating that throughout the whole team to kind of you know, like I knew, I knew how my body responded to the strength training, you know, that I've been doing to help me be able to run more with less pain. Um, and I tend to, I'm shorter and more muscle bound. Um, I'm not like, you know, five ten and <laughs> five ten, you know, skin and bones. And, um, so I understand that the importance of that. And, you know, we have several athletes on our team that are built more like me. Um, and then we've got some that are nice and, you know, slender runner types like you. I mean, I, not, I shouldn't really say runner types because everybody doesn't matter what kind of a body you have. You're you're a runner if you run. Um, but you know the the stereotypical, I guess. Um, yeah, the, the stereotypical long and lanky runner. I think that's right. one of the things that really we got to try and focus even more on next year. Mm-hmm. And it goes all the way back to the first thing that we said: differentiate the training and recognize that some kids are going to excel more with the strengthening, and some kids are going to excel more by getting in a couple extra miles on that one. Yeah, and it really depends on the kid. It depends on what they're aiming for out of the season and what they're bringing into it before they even start their training. Absolutely. There's so much involved to try and, and optimize every person. Mm-hmm, definitely. Another thing that we really tried to focus on this season is the sense of team. 
um, and really helping the team to understand that cross country is not just an individual sport. Um, even though some people do think of it that, you know, people think, oh, it's running, it's individual, I get a time, I get a place. Um, but cross country, there's something different. And if you've never run cross country, it's it's hard to kind of explain it because I know I, I didn't run cross country um, in high school. I was on other team sports um, involving balls like volleyball and basketball and softball. But um, I, I didn't under really understand the team aspect of cross country until I you know, until you started coaching and I kind of could understand it a little bit more and see how there was that team dynamic, um, within a sport that seems individual. Right. And building that team unity from top all the way to the bottom, from the fastest kid to the slowest. And on our team, there was a 30 minute separation between the fastest and the slowest and making sure that those two kids realize that they're on the same team and they have the same overreaching goals. The goal for the season is get as fast as you can, you know, get in better shape than you were the day before. Just keep improving. It's a lot to try and pull that team together, but that's, that's the key for long-term success is tell the kids. It's not just about what you can do. It's what about what we can do all together. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that was fantastic about our team this year is that they really did connect and our team became very close. They were very tight and they motivated each other to get better every single week. You know, they were so happy for each other when, you know, their teammate hit a personal best or a personal record. You know, they were just as happy for their teammate as they were for themselves, sometimes even more so. Yes, yes. And, you know, when you have to take a kid and say, oh, right, well, it's towards the championship part of the season. So we only get seven on varsity and you're running JV. Uh, the first time I had to make that that call this season, the first person I talked to, I just, I did not want to do it. It's no. one of the worst parts of coaching. And I went to the girl and I'm like, today we're, we're going to run you on JV. And I think it's going to be great because it's going to take any sort of pressure off of you. As soon as I said, we're going to run you on JV, she started smiling. Yeah. And was like, so can I still cheer for the varsity girls? Like, yes, yes, you can still go cheer for them. And then you're going to run a little bit later today. And she was great and ran a fantastic race that day Mm -hmm. and smiled the whole time. Yeah, that was a great race for her. And, you know, just watching these freshmen and sophomores and juniors and seniors just come out and enjoy running. Watching them transform into runners throughout the season is so unbelievably rewarding to just watch their mindset shift, you know, and, and really see themselves, um, as a runner, as a part of a team, as, as someone trying to achieve a bigger goal outside themselves and really just start to push themselves in ways that they hadn't before, you know, by trying to make themselves faster and better. Um, it's, it's amazing to see that. Yeah, it's really funny. With a team of almost 40 people that signed up to run cross-country, how many people on day one would have actually identified themselves as runner? Yeah. And by the end of the season, everybody. Yeah. Every single kid. No, no, I am a runner. That's what I do. Right. And it's it's awesome to see. Yeah. You know, and then we had, what well, we had open house and the one girl is trying to recruit incoming eighth graders and seventh graders. <laughs> Her announcement every single time was, I didn't even want to do this sport. Right. And now I love it. And yeah. I'm like, I'm not sure that's the biggest selling point. I mean, I see, I see the transformation and that's right. awesome. But she brought so much enthusiasm, but she also brought so much 
enthusiasm to the opening statement of, I didn't even want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the change by the end of it, and I mean, she's so bubbly and so into running now mm-hmm. that it's it's so fun to watch. Right, right. Yeah, like she started off the season, I think, running like 36 minutes and ended at the state meet on the varsity team running under 24 minutes for her 5K. I mean, come on, you know, that's incredible. Yeah. So at this point, we're trying to figure out how to improve for next year. And I think that the major takeaways that we're going for, and we've got two. One, train the kids as individually as possible. Realize that each kid brings different motivation, different skills, different goals to the table and train towards that because that's the way to optimize performance. But at the same time, you also have to train the whole group to unite as strong of a team as possible. Yeah. So you get the fastest kids you can who are willing to run through a wall for the guy standing next to him. Right. And that's ultimately what builds a championship program, not just one team. It's year after year. We're trying to build a program here that, you know, is a legacy that, you know, is has a very high standard, um, not only for running, but also just for human beings, because ultimately we're trying to help our runners um, just as human beings. And um, running is obviously we think that running is a very good way to um, constantly push your own limits and um, discover your own potential. And we really just want to help these high school kids get to that point and, you know, get them on that path towards, you know, realizing who they are, um, not only as a runner, but also as a person in general. Right. Which we've sort of guided gently over the course of the season to try and help them make the connections between things that they've achieved in running and things that they can achieve in life. So let's, uh, let's try and make some of those connections. How do we connect what we've learned from this season to actual life applications? Well, if we want to look at our running life, you know, um, Um, not as high school runners, but just as real life runners, you know, make sure that your, your training plan is what's right for you. You know, some, some people out there are able to go out and run six or seven days a week and log 50 miles a week, but that might not be what's right for your body. So you might need to have, you know, lower mileage and integrate more strength training and yoga stuff and into your routine. And, um, and you have to kind of figure that out and, you know, you you can also have a coach, you know, at this at this stage in your running. You know, um, there are running coaches out there, and that can help guide you if you're really not sure. Yeah, I mean, to to get a coach to find an expert around you that helps, you know, periodize the season and, and have a base building portion and speed and and have a purpose to all of your runs. You know, I was talking to to one of my coworkers and he's like, the ability to know what you're supposed to do that day without having to to think about it and figure it out yourself and decide whether that's the best thing to do today. To have someone just say, do this today. Yeah, it just takes any of the pressure off of running. So mm-hmm. all you have to do is go out and enjoy. Well, and that. That also, you know, is one less thing that we have to worry about as busy parents. And it's just you know, one less thing, period. Right. Like you said, you can just go out and enjoy your run and, and get it in and know that you're you're following a plan to help you achieve your goals. And then for lives outside of running, well, whatever the thing is that you're trying to accomplish, there's everybody has a starting point. And some people are going to be naturally gifted at it. Some people are going to start a little bit further behind, a little bit further ahead. But how do you achieve the greatest success? And it seems very similar to how you achieve the greatest success on this cross-country team. You you find the the 
the best team around you, build the camaraderie so that you're all working towards a common goal. If you can find an expert to help lead you to how to how to achieve it optimally, that's going to really help. And then you know, lean on the talents that you have and improve any weaknesses that you have so that you are bringing the best self to whatever goal it is that you're trying to accomplish. I love that. That was so insightful. Thank you. But I mean, I think like you've got it nailed for sure, but the key is like-minded people, I think. You, you, we need to surround ourselves with like-minded people. We need to surround ourselves with other people that are trying to achieve their best out of their life and that have the same values and the same goals. I mean, even if the goals are a little bit different, they're still trying to reach higher points in their life. They're still – they're not just – you know, stagnant. They're, they're always striving for more. I like that. You don't have to have somebody that where the two of you are working together to achieve the same master success. You just both need to be trying to reach forward. Mm -hmm. If you and someone next to you are both pushing forward, you're both keeping positive. Mm -hmm. You're both striving to do better in, in life, in existence every day. You can lean on each other for support. And as, as a, as a duo, as a group, the more team you have, the tighter you are, the more successful you become. I totally agree with that. So um, that's what we have for you guys today. I think that he just nicely summed up all of that. So I don't even want to ruin that by trying to add more to it. But um, do us a favor. And if you haven't um, subscribed to the show, please subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher and um, head over to our website, realliferunners.com. We actually have um, some coaching programs if you are looking for some guidance. We um, actually just launched our new premium membership and there's two levels, silver and gold. And when you become a monthly member, you have access to all of our training plans, um, which include 30-day plans for beginners and intermediate. We have a a brand new couch to 5K program that we just created. Um, We've got a holiday kickstart program that we're going to be uploading soon. You know, we've got half marathon programs and marathon programs in the works, lots more to be added to that. And in addition to all of it, there's a huge exercise library with tons of strength and stretching and mobility and yoga exercises. Uh, The Um, website is worth it for the the giant exercise library alone. Yeah. So we've got a a great resource that we are just continuing to build and add to it um, weekly. So go on over to realliferunners.com and check that out. And we will see you guys next week. 